0: And, and on top of that, all these guys that are jumping in saying blah, blah, blah. Oh, she she's never going to find anybody. This is why women's wrong. Most of those guys are single anyway. And I don't take relationship advice from single people. Um, I'm sorry. Like, hey, you can't tell me. You can tell me maybe some pitfalls that I might need to watch out for, but you can't tell me what's right because you can't find your own person.
1: What up, what up, what up, what up? It's three brothers in no sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, aka Ferg. Join my co-host Rosie and Buff. First of all, fellas, happy early Father's Day and happy early Juneteenth. So with that being said, tell the people what's on your minds.
2: Hey, I was gonna do the same thing, man. Appreciate that. Happy Father's Day to you two, brothers, and to all the fathers that are listening happy Juneteenth black people uh, celebrate it in your own way I know people are saying go support black business let's try to do that throughout the year but especially for Juneteenth let's try to do that and <clears throat> you know real quick before I toss it to Razi, you know there comes a point in time when a man has to own his mistakes and there's a particular party that I have taken shots at repeatedly on this show Time and time again. And let me say, those shots were warranted, but they have redeemed themselves. And I'm talking about Arby's. Arby's has a Wagyu beef burger that is pretty good. I went to Arby's for the first time in at least 20 years. I don't think I've been there since I was living in Mobile. Ferg has his hand down (laughs) hear me out Ferg just try the burger and look I've criticized their fries too because I always felt like their curly fries were on the brink of being burnt they offer you crinkle fries now and they got a nice
0: crinkle fries are actually pretty good
2: and they got a nice strawberry lemonade peach lemonade and regular lemonade so all the slander I've given Arby's has been deserved You guys are trash, but that new burger you got is pretty good. Now, I don't know how you've been in business this long. I know Risey eats there and a couple of more people that are probably family members of the company, but other than that, I don't know how you guys are in business, but since you are and you came with this burger, I got to give you your props. The burger is pretty good, so congratulations to you, Hardee's, for that. That's all I got. Arby's, not Hardee's. Yeah, I, said, I thought I said Ar- yeah, Arby's. Well, Arby's. If I say Ar- <laughs> Arby's any time <laughs> exactly. I meant Arby's. Arby's, Arby's, Arby's.
1: You might as well say Arby's.
2: Now, Arby's is trash.
1: Better than Arby's.
2: Their breakfast is decent. They had an omelet biscuit for a long time. That was pretty good.
0: The Frisco burger was actually really good. See? It's just greasy. It was like really greasy. But that Frisco burger is pretty good. Yeah.
2: And the biscuits, used to be,
1: biscuits used to be fire back in the day, too. Yeah. I've been going to Hardee's back in the day. I've been going to Hardy's. Well Arby's has never really been fired. Just
0: saying. I, I like I like shaved roast beef. It it's actually tasty. So but Buff, I thought you were gonna actually go uh, down the Democrat route um because you 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 take shots at them a good bit too. That's and, I thought you were um, going. you know they they've actually kind of gotten some gun control stuff. The the house passed their gun control uh, Bill and the Senate just announced, and that's the cool thing about us recording on Sunday. The Senate just announced that they have a game plan uh, to be able to pass some stuff. So we'll see how it comes out. Uh, but even it's a bipartisan thing, so that might be something that they actually are able to get through is a, some form of gun control. So you know, it's, it's big happened.
2: ups to them. Um, good, good job. I don't want to be. Let me not be too negative. I'll just say this. I know people are going to roll their eyes. How far, how bad are we that we've now had two, you know, elementary school mass shootings in less than 10 years, less than maybe when was uh, Sandy Hook? That made, what was that like five years ago, whenever it was. And right now the best we can do is to say that, okay, you got to be three years older to get that type of weapon. Like that is what we're celebrating. And that's good. That's a step forward. That's what we asked for a couple episodes ago. So I don't want to be too negative. But it does, to me, put it in perspective of just how much we love guns, that this is considered progress, that we're now saying, hey, the weapon that he used to kill all those kids, let's make them the same age you got to be to buy liquor. Just three years older. But, you know, good yeah. good job, Democrats. Good job. And,
0: and most times, the, the kids that do those uh, mass shootings in the schools, they're, they're parents' weapons. So it really didn't matter. So this won't change most of what we see in these mass shootings, or mass school shootings. I won't say mass shootings, but
1: Ooh, mass school shootings. What it will change is the Republicans aren't going to budge on anything anytime soon. Here's your little win. Shut up. <laughs> and yes, Sandy Hook was 10 years ago, December of 2012.
2: So the Republicans said, go take your little win and get out my face. Yeah, Is that that's what, what they did.
1: <laughs> yeah, essentially.
2: Watch.
0: <laughs> take your little funky $20. What else do you want from us?
1: We gave you, we passed your little bill. What else do you want from us?
0: Yeah, we can be bipartisan. So yeah, that's true. It's going to be bad, man.
2: It's actually smart, too, because, you know, that's a very small voting block. I mean, I know there's a lot of people in this country that are from ages 18 to 21, but the people that show up time and time again, it doesn't even affect them. So if you're a Republican and you're against it at the end of the day, it doesn't restrict your gun rights in any type of way or anything like that. So it's kind of like a win for Republicans in a way because they show that, hey, we can be bipartisan and they're not really giving up anything
1: here's your little funky win. Now shut up. It's simple, man. I mean, sometimes we just got to take a step back and look at it as like how many 18 to 20 year olds are really buying guns? It's not they, I don't think they're the largest block of gun gun owners. And like Rice said, they just go use the, their mom and dad's to shoot up the school. Problem solved. Yep. So, uh, who's up next? What do you got? So, oh,
0: speaking of, um, you know, gun charges and things like that, I don't know if y'all saw Roddy Rich got arrested. I don't even know what he got ar- arrested for, but yeah, it, he was about to go on and got arrested for something. Uh, so just throwing that out there, cause I don't think most of our listeners even know who Roddy Rich is or care, but, um, yeah, he's, he's been arrested, but while we were talking about the arresting, uh, did you guys see the 31, uh, intended rioters, uh were arrested so that's kind of cool that you know on the they way jumped the, out of a u-haul
1: on our way to a uh prior, about an eighth of a mile away from a prior parade.
0: yeah yeah they were uh gonna they they had plans to riot like op- operations plans all kind of stuff and so it was it was crazy that um you know people are kind of still copycatting and, and ready to ride and and so when we think about these terroristic acts, they're still out there, man. White nationalism is still very strong and um, they're ready to kind of keep going and do these things. So hats off to the police department. Hats off to that good Samaritan that said, yo, it's some uh, people that look kind of suspicious loading up in a U-Haul. So y'all might want to check that out. Uh, <laughs> so that it was the weirdest thing. But uh, it's kind of cool that law enforcement actually took it seriously. They arrested them. They only charged them with intent to riot, which is a misdemeanor. So they'll probably get slaps on the wrist and get back out there and probably do it again. But hopefully this will be a deterrent to some other folks that might be trying to do this because, you know, they see people are watching and um, that they can get arrested before they start the thing now. So that that's another one.
1: Very optimistic
0: i know i know i'm just you know i'm 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 in a good mood today i watched i watched top gun and did i did we talk about top gun on here so i don't know if we did top gun is freaking awesome top gun maverick if you have not seen that sh- uh, movie go see that movie like it is probably the best movie i've seen in the last five years mcu anybody hands down it is an awesome movie. So I would I would advise you, go see it. It's one of those ones that you walk out of there like, I'm ready to go be a pilot. Just like the first one. I don't know if y'all did that. But me, watching Top Gun when I was younger, I was like, I want to be a pilot in the Navy. Like, I want to fly an F-14. And uh, walking out of Top Gun Maverick, I was like, I'm ready to get back in the military and fly an F-14. Like, I want to do that jump, And so it is very much nostalgic it it brings back all the memories of the original it has that 80s flair to it but it's updated and so like millennials or even gen z can look at it and be like okay that's kind of a really really cool movie uh so it it is awesome man so if you haven't seen it go out and watch it
1: i intend to so thank you for bringing that up all righty well it's been a long week fellas long week we're back in the saddle getting ready for another week like i said happy Happy early Father's Day. Happy early Juneteenth. And um, I don't know if we said this yet. Happy Pride Month. Have we mentioned that on any of our episodes?
0: No, we haven't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, happy Pride Month. What else is going on? Not much. Tired, man. Just got back from Mobile. We celebrated the homegoing of uh, Sherman's dad, uh, Louis Petway. It was all. It's always good to get together with friends and family. Uh, it just sucks. It has to be under certain certain situations. So, once again, hats off to that. I mean hearts go out to that family, and hopefully, as we continue to meet and get together, hopefully, it's under joyous occasions. So, outside of that, let's go ahead and get it started.
0: Cool, cool. Oh, wait, we gotta get um this joke in. Sophie is ready. She's got one queued up for y'all. Yeah, we got Sophie back, so hold on, let me go grab her.
1: Thought she was still gone.
0: Sophie got a wife beat on. Hello. Hello.
1: How goes it, Miss Sophie?
0: Amazing.
1: Amazing? Stupendous even? Or just amazing?
0: Stupendous.
1: Stupendous and amazing? Yeah. That is pretty awesome.
0: Amazing,
1: amazing. So, so pin this amazing, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you got a good joke for us today?
0: Yeah, so I got a very good joke. Now we need to look for it. I <laughs> lost it. You
1: lost it. Is that the joke? Yeah. What happens to a joke? No. Oh, I don't know. That was funny.
0: <laughs> what kind of doctor is Dr. Pepper? <laughs>
1: <laughs> got, the time.
0: Okay.
1: got nothing Sophie
0: a physician I
2: wouldn't
1: really have got that I wouldn't I really have yeah, got that kudos, uh, kudos young Sophie yes. yes. welcome back
0: <laughs> learn the ways of the jokes
1: <laughs> learn the ways of the jokes yeah that might be a t-shirt yeah
0: bye 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 run so who we got? Who we got? Who's up first?
1: Um, You went last week because your birthday. It's either me or first. Is it on you buff or is it on me? It's one of us. Okay. Do you have something you just want to jump? Well, let me, I got a good. I think I have one that I want to jump, jump off with. Okay. So mine is going to be kind of a two parter. And I think it might be suitable because we're going into Father's Day. If y'all want to go there. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. Let's go.
1: Um, my first question is, can you tell us and the listeners your most memorable or favorite moment with your dad?
2: Uh, what comes to mind, not to be superficial, uh, but with something that he bought. Um, and I say that because, you know, my dad let me down a lot <laughs> growing up. He would promise to get me some and just didn't and he sometimes I ain't even get like a excuse it just the day would come when you supposed to get it and the day would go and no explanation I just wouldn't get it so I told the story one of our first episodes about the uh, how I was supposed to get some Reebok pumps and then Wendell made fun of me because I had bobo's instead Um, so that's why this stands out and he got me Super Nintendo and it's, it's, it's memorable because <clears throat> it was almost like a movie. It's like the kid has been let down by the father over and over again. And then the mom talks to the dad like, hey, your son is losing faith in you. You can't let him down again or you'll lose him forever. And it's like, OK, I'm going to get him the Super Nintendo he's always wanted. And then a week before Christmas comes, five days, four, three, no Super Nintendo. Christmas Eve night okay and I showed people I think I showed it on Three Brothers No Sense that garage apartment we lived in in Pritchard he came up the stairs that night and you could always hear when somebody was coming up those stairs he came up the stairs the box was wrapped and I remember you know I stayed up late on Christmas Eve trying to see Santa but at the same time I, I this don't make any sense I knew my parents bought my gifts but I still believe in Santa don't ask me why that's just how I rolled when I was young. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I went to the door and I saw him coming up the stairs and just something in me knew that that was that Super Nintendo. And my eyes lit up. And it's not so much about the game, even though I love that game. It was that my dad had finally kept his word and came through for a change. And that has always stuck with me man like I was that that was like a very very happy moment now we've had other moments where just him and I were together you know hanging out but that is the most memorable because he actually kept his word for a change
1: that's cool man it's always good when they live up to your expectations
0: yeah for me it's it's hard to pick one I I think that's the the hardest part of this question for me and so I, I think what I'm gonna do totally to bastardize your question, but I'm going to take it in kind of waves or 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 um, eras is probably the best way to put it. So my most memorable when I was a kid, I actually told this story at his funeral, but um, my most memorable as a kid was I, I've always had problems sleeping and so always had insomnia and I, I, I would wake up all kind of random times of night. And um, so I remember one night I woke up and it was maybe 12 o'clock, 1230. And he was still up watching TV or whatever. And I got up and instead of him making me go back to bed, he got up, was like, what's wrong? I was like, I just can't sleep. He fixed me a bologna sandwich, a fried bologna sandwich, put some mustard on it or whatever. And we sat down and we watched uh, speed racer and then right off the speed racer the old superman like um the live action black and white one would come on so you'd watch speed racer and then we watch superman uh and it kind of became our thing because i could never sleep and i guess he never slept either uh, a lot and so that was our thing is like i'd get up and like in the middle of the night we eat this fried bologna sandwich and watch speed racer or whatever and i remember it was funny when the movie came out I think it came out around 2000 ish. Uh, if you guys ever remember the live action Speed Racer uh, coming out, I went by myself to watch it because I was, uh, I think I was in AIT at the time or somewhere uh, where you know with the military, and so I just kind of went by myself and I literally cried in the theater watching it, just remembering watching it with my dad, and so that for me is super memorable. Uh, and then fast forward, I think the the next most memorable for my dad is, uh, when I got my commission, uh, as an officer and my dad gave me my first salute. And so like, he saluted me, uh, you know, I returned the salute or whatever. And then he whispered in my ear, he's like, that's the last time I'm going to ever salute you. (laughs) So he never saluted me again, but no matter what, if we were both in uniform, it did not matter. He would not salute me after that. But I just remember because that was my first salute, uh, and it, it came from him. So that was just super dope. Um, and then I, I think I told a story in his later years really kind of in the last year I told you guys the story about how he was just eating cereal that day and he just looked up and he was just like, I'm proud of you. And so that one like really sticks out because, you know, I'm always worried about living up to his expectations, my mom's expectations, everybody's expectations. uh, And it just hear him like verbalizing and say it was a big deal. And listening to Cooley uh, and his speech at his dad's funeral really brought that back and made me think about that because that was one of the things that Cooley talked about was that, you know, with all his dad flaws and everything that happened, he was like, my dad, you know, had a temper, he had a drinking problem, everything. But uh, for me growing up, I needed somebody to say, I love you and I'm proud of you. And he was like, my dad did that. He like actually said it to me. And that was a big deal for me. And so for my dad to just say that just randomly, not like no prodding or anything, that was huge. And so those are kind of the three big ones that just like always stick out in my mind with him. So, I'll just leave it at that, man. But there's so many more. That's the kind of cool part about it. Like you know, that's having a good relationship with your dad is always so many.
1: Oh, that that's that's super dope, man. That's super dope. I think my next question is gonna it's gonna be very interesting how both of you guys answer. Then hold,
2: hold on, we don't get to know um, yours. Oh,
1: I'm about to come. I'm about to come with it. Okay. Give me a sec. Okay, okay. So mine is kind of like Rise, It's two parts. One is I remember when we were very. I was very young. I was in Dallas it was before my brothers were born. and Everything It was. My mom, my dad, and for, for reference, when I say my dad, I'm talking about my stepdad, the one that passed um, three months ago. And I think my mom had to No, we, we drove to Mobile. We had a trip to Mobile and we had a rental car and we dropped off the rental car. And my mom was supposed to pick us up and he called her to pick us up. But she didn't answer the phone. Live it. And I had to be I couldn't be any more than five. And so we had to walk from the rental car place to our apartment complex. And I feel like that was the longest walk of my life. But it was the fact that the whole way, we it was just the two of us walking and talking, you know, and him telling me Man, how much he loved me and all this stuff as a, as a little kid. You know that I knew that wasn't my dad, but that was probably one of the first moments I, I felt like I knew he accepted me as his because he was calling me his son and we stopped and he put me on his shoulders when I was too too tired to walk and stuff like that. It might have been 2 miles, but it might have well might as well have been a marathon because I was just that dog tired when I got home. Um and I just remember that. That was that was very big for me and I always wanted to be accepted by him. I always wanted him to I always wanted to feel like I was his. Um secondly, fast forward call it 30 years. I would say, no, this is probably right before I met Z. So 25 years. And I remember he was in his, um, you know, my dad, if you want to find me pull up to mobile, you're going to catch him at a shop. So I was pulling his mobile, bill, you know, getting off. This is when he had the shop, uh, off of, uh, Spring Hill. And so I'm coming in from Tallahassee. I get off i 10 on my way to my mom's house. I was stopped by his shop. And them for a while. And so this was one of those times we just sat in the talk. And this is when I kind of realized that relationships progress. This was that first time. It wasn't really, you know, a father and a young son conversation. It was a man to man conversation. And we started talking about all the things he's been through or a lot of things he's been through as especially when it came to my mom and watching us grow up and how hard things worked for him as far as you know walking out of the house leaving the house that day and just watching us grow some to a certain extent without him and just telling him telling me how proud he was of me on like on every aspect um, including you know just the way I navigated my life you know um, not rushing into things too. Too quickly, You know, even talking about, you know, as much as he loved my mother, he got married so young that he felt like he didn't experience life. And I admire you for experiencing life, enjoying life and, you know, dating and having fun and, you know, having a full experience. And I just remember sitting there talking to him and thinking this is what it's all about. This is why, you know, I could see myself having kids. I think that might have been the first moment I could really open my mind to me being a father. And I didn't just realize that until like right now. Um, oh, because it it sometimes it's this you're gonna have those failures, nobody's perfect. But at the same time, it's the it's the adulthood, it's the adult those long, those long-lasting relationships, those relationships that you can really talk about. Because as kids, we couldn't understand the challenges our parents were going through. We couldn't understand the pressures and things like that and still at 25 you know I couldn't fully understand because I didn't have a wife didn't have kids I couldn't understand the things he was talking about but I I understood more and we can start having those conversations and it made me start thinking about being a parent accepting him for who he was and all that stuff so that was a really cool moment for me happy Byron. (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) so with that being said I promise this is my last time mentioning this book. Will. <laughs> but I think it had a lot of good points in it. So, once again, in Will Smith's book, he mentioned his relationship with Jaden. He always talked about his relationship with his father, but he mentioned a, a, a pivotal turning point in his relationship with Jaden. It was after Jaden did the movie. What's the movie they did together? After Earth. Yeah. Yeah, after Jaden did the movie After Earth with him and how Will was guiding him and through everything he said or fo- all he followed all Will's guidance and stuff like that in the movie Bomb, Jaden got blasted and he looked at his father differently. He's like, mm, maybe you're not perfect. Maybe you are flawed. Maybe you're not Superman. So he goes on to say, and, um, in not these exact words, but like a critical stage in a boy becoming a man is the moment of individuation, individuation from his father when he realizes his father is flawed. That your father is not Superman, that moment you decide to separate from him. The moment you decide you're going to live and die by your own hand. So with that being in mind, what do you how do you feel about that theory how do you feel about that do you feel like that was because it's not the single moment but was that the kind of the beginning of your transition to manhood where you felt like i i gotta be my own man i can't just count on my dad you know um you guys got the premise
0: i i think for me i i don't think there was ever this aha moment where i was like i I can't count on my dad. I gotta be my own man.
1: I think that's because. And, from and was it a can I, go- hold on? Because I don't. Is it? And maybe I made it too black and white. It wasn't like I just can't count on him. It's just like, hmm, you know.
0: Well, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, not thinking perfect. of like count on him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm. I'm not saying like count on him. Like, he won't be there for me. I'm saying count on him. Like, do what he tells me to do. Follow his, you know, his direction and and go this other way uh, type thing. I, I, but the reason why I don't know if that ever really happened for me. And it was never like this, this break was because my dad always taught us that way. Uh, so it was, we never were in the situation where my dad was like my way or the highway or my way is best. And I know what's best. My dad was always that kind of laid back. I'm gonna give you advice. I'm gonna give you you know what you should do but it's always your choice uh and so so with that like he never imposed his will for for me to have to say i'm my own man now
1: so and that's good and i just just to clarify i wasn't trying to say that he was a dictatorship for me it was that thought process you remember like my dad's better than your dad my dad can beat your dad up type thing where you're like hmm Maybe my dad is not Superman. Maybe he can actually get his ass kicked. Not not on that that level, but it's like I remember growing up thinking my dad was my dad can do this, my dad can do that, my dad can be this, and then you start realizing that he can't do everything that's going on in my head. He's not this Superman. He is my dad. Yeah. And so that that's where I was going with that one. Not necessarily he was it was a dictatorship and it's like my way of the highway.
0: It, yeah, I <laughs> I I think it took me a long time to get that like to think my dad wasn't Superman. I I really think it was truthfully. I still now I feel like my dad was Superman until he got sick and where he like you could physically or and and mentally see that he was kind of going down. Uh, but I. I really never ran into anything that I felt like my dad couldn't do. Like my dad was a jack of all trades, right? Like my dad was the family man. My dad was the the cool ladies man. Like he always could like, you know, flirt and and and, and he was charismatic. He knew how to fix a car. And play video games and shoot guns, and it was like I, I I really never found anything that my dad just couldn't do, um until it was to the point where he couldn't do it. And so even for me, even in that, it's like I still think my dad was a superhero. I don't know that's if dope. that's me with rose-colored glasses or whatever, but I I I do. I really still feel that way about him. So I I never I never experienced that, and so I I guess I'm probably the wrong one to kind of no. You know, I think go through that. I
1: mean with that that could also because I've always seen you as uh, mature you know uh, very sensible uh, thoughts but at the same time I, I, when I think about it now I always thought you did have that extra layer of protection you know where you could go where you know if you needed dad to sign off on something like if you needed him he might say no just because he was being dad but there was an option to go to him with those things or certain things that um, a lot of people don't so that's yeah. that's that's pretty cool What say you, Buff?
2: uh, uh, Well, for me, um, I have to answer this question a little different because I can't relate. I never looked at my dad as Superman. uh, So, and to his credit, growing up, he always told me, be better than me. So I never looked at him as like, you know, he's near perfect. He's Superman. I want to be just like him. I looked at him as I want to, when I grow up, I want to try to be better than him. And I talked about, that's why you know, daddy-daughter days and stuff like that. I wanted to be better than him. So I didn't look at him as Superman, but I'll give him his credit. I looked at him as my own personal Thanos because, you know, the, the common joke on sitcoms and stuff is the boy needs to be afraid of the, the girl's father because if he messes up, he has to worry about what her father is going to do. You see on social media now, it's I guess it's supposed to be funny. of oh, Dad's taking pictures with guns before their daughter goes on a prom date. I never had to worry about a girl's father because I don't care what your father think he going to do to me. I got Charlie Evans and that nigga crazy. So you try something you want to with me and he going to come see you with that revolver he got. So he was my own personal Thanos to where I didn't have to worry about anything like that because If I wanted to, I could just make a phone call and we could set it off. So that's how I looked at my dad. But he wasn't perfect and he knew that. And that's what I do like about he knew he wasn't perfect. He didn't try to be perfect. And he always pushed me to be better than him.
1: At any point, like even when you were younger, did you see maybe because maybe it happened younger than some at any point? Did you see him as? Perfect. Like when maybe three, four, five, like, man, my dad this, my dad that. And then at an early age, he just disappointed you. It. Not, not. Because I think that was a.
2: Not, not perfect, but he was the parent that I wanted to be around the most. He was the fun one. He was the one that, you know, I just had a good time with. Uh, but mm-hmm. I just never had that view of him as being perfect.
1: And. Would you say that you, that made you grow up faster? Like wanting to be more like, more of the man? Possibly, yeah. I can see that. And so I think that's where it was going. You know, it, if you, as a boy, and, you know, every boy doesn't grow up with a father regardless, which might also mean they choose to grow up faster because they want to be more of a man. They want to protect the mother. They want to do that. And for everybody, it might come at a different stage or some people, it might not come at all. But I did think that there was a lot of truth in that. You know, I I look back on my childhood and think about the way I viewed my dad and, and I knew he wasn't perfect, but you know, in your mind, you know, it's just, man, my dad can do this. My dad can do that. My dad, we, we would, Go to school, he was always the dude that was dressed to the nines, you know, growing up in the eighties and nineties, I didn't know a lot of black men wearing suits. I didn't know a lot of black men who were just so well-spoken and could uh, carry a room that way. And that was him. He was, you know, when he showed up, you were like, yeah, that's my dad right there. You know, he, he, he commanded a room and they would look at him. They look at me and they understood what they were dealing with. And so that was a lot of the views I, I had of him early. And because he was very demanding of my, my excellence, you know, you, he did same thing, be better than me. And the way you need to be better than me is you need to be in these books. You need to stay out of trouble. Don't do this. Don't do that. Respect. Him. It's like, man, I have this guy, this dude is just telling me every, if I follow his lead, I'm going to be going to greatness. And, but he still let me be me. You know, when I was young and everybody's like, oh, he don't play football. And I was playing soccer. Well, little black boy plays soccer. He's writing back to the family in Mobile. Ain't no little black boys playing soccer because I'm in Dallas and they want, there was an image of me. They wanted, or they thought I should be. And he always protected me from that. When they, um because I wasn't really crazy about sports or I was just, well-spoken. I taught mobile terms. I taught like a white boy. He always protected and protected me from those naysayers who wanted me to be normal, mediocre, average at best, I guess. But the moment, not even the moment, when him and my mom, their relationship started sliding. And the moment that night he left the house was my moment. That was my I have to be better than that. I, I can't. And that was a moment I started that that moment changed. Everything came from this person who was dependent on his guidance to something, somebody who wanted to be independent of his thought. And so that made me to me, I think that was a stage where I became the, the catalyst or that critical point in my life where I can say I, I started becoming more of a man and so uh, maybe because it was traumatic to a certain extent or maybe because it was traumatic enough for me to recognize that aha moment. But that was the moment, you know, when I went to come for my mother and like let her know that things were going to be OK and everything was be all right. That was a moment I knew that I, I whether I wanted to be a man or not, I had to be the man. And so but the thing about it is, you know, I realized he was flawed. It took me a long time to understand life and that we're all flawed and that, you know, he was dealing with things the best he could. I forgave him, but I had a conversation with my therapist the other day, and we were talking about, you were talking about rose color, colored glasses. As much as I loved, as much as I respected him, I realized that I could never view him the same. It was no more putting, I couldn't put the genie back in the bottle. Like as much as I loved him, much as I respected him, he, he, he would always just be a man who happened to be my father that I love, but that's all he could be at that point. He could never be Superman again.
2: It's a good one, man. Fun combo. Um, that was a hell of a topic, man. I like that. Um, you want to go next, Rosie, on me?
1: Oh, happy Father's Day! <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, um,
0: I, I I can, cause to to stay on this whole fathers thing, Um, uh, I'm I've been reading Elaine Welteroth's book. So Elaine Welteroth, if you guys don't know, she was like, um, one of the first black editors at, um, I can't remember Condé Nash, which is they own like Vogue and all, you know, Glamour magazine and all the, all the kind of women's magazines out there, uh, or the big ones. And she was like one of the first black editors to, to kind of take that on. Uh, she was also a judge on project one way, you know, that was me and Jen's thing. So we watched that. So that's where I kind of started falling in love with her. Uh, and so when she dropped her book, I was like, Oh, I gotta read it. And so I finally got around to reading it or or starting to read it. And she was kind of talking about her growing up and being biracial and how her parents taught her what a man was, how to date and everything. But then she talks about, how she didn't feel pretty for a long time and then when she finally started getting some attention um, how that changed and then you know she's gone through bad relationships so her books is kind of all over the place with that which is really really cool but it brought me back when I was when I was listening to it and got to the the chapter where she was really talking about this serious relationship she was in where the guy wasn't good for her, but there were still people that were like telling her to stay with the guy, stay with the guy, stay with the guy uh, or whatever. And then when the words got out, she still wanted to stay with the guy and everybody was like, leave him, leave him, leave him. And it brought me back around to Lori Harvey and the conversations that I've been here seeing about her. And how she's been dating a lot. She's gone through a lot of guys. And, you know, her and Michael B. Jordan just broke up and everybody has an opinion about that. And I wanted to get you guys' opinions or I wanted to discuss what we're teaching our daughters, because all three of us have daughters, about dating. And would we stand by our daughter if she was doing what Lori Harvey was? Or would we be like, Elaine Walteroth's parents or dad and be like, oh, you got to stay with this guy. You can't be dating too much. Yada, yada, yada. He's a good guy. Stay with him, even though it's kind of not working out for her. Um, so where where do you guys stand on the dating aspect of it and and, and how many people your daughter can date? Yada, yada, yada.
2: Uh, man. People are so invested in celebrity relationships. That's, that's just crazy to me. But to your question, um, I I want to teach my daughter to not do what so-called society thinks she should do um, just to placate and please everyone else but herself. Don't stay in a situation that you don't want to be in. Overall, I guess what I'll say is because I get the optics of it and I saw all the jokes Laurie Harvey is a and all this kind of stuff and you know but she's actually not doing anything any different than what most men do especially at that age uh, and most celebrity men do uh, we don't see too many celebrity women do it I know Jennifer Lopez called a lot of jokes in the back in the day from going from guy to guy but it's just that we happen to know about her guys but the average young woman who is pursuing her career but is also interested in dating guys that's what they do they date several different people but everybody's rushing to judgment because we we know her business and and partly too because of some of the guys she has dated like Future who everyone calls King Toxic and things like that and you know she did date a father and and the son that's kind of now, I definitely kind of look down on that. But overall, I don't want my daughter to do anything that doesn't make her happy, that doesn't cause harm to her. And if she's 24, 25 and is dating a guy, it doesn't matter to everyone else, because recently it's the whole Michael B. George thing. How could she leave him? He's he's attractive. He's a uh, successful guy. You're in the relationship with that person. It doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. If you're not happy with them, then don't don't stay in that situation just to make society happy. And that's that's basically what I want to tell, them. because we don't even know why they broke up. For all we know, right. Michael B. Jordan could have broke up with her. Or he could have been cheating, or, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Everybody just rushed. Or, he, or he could just be lame as I don't know. Yeah, what and she like, oh, look, <laughs> now, look, I,
0: I don't, I don't like me. you're lame. Exactly.
2: Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, we don't know. So everybody just rushed to judgment. We love call women. We love to call women. Okay, because look, look at how many women Diddy has dated. Has he ever been married? I mean, so he don't get that same smoke. Rick Ross has pretty much said a woman has to put out for him in order for him to work with him on his label. You know what I mean? So 50 Cent is dated oh God, so many different women. The guys don't get that type of smoke. It seems like it's only reserved for women. So just to shorten this up, to answer your question, Rising, you know, at the end of the day, do what makes you happy. Don't be reckless. Don't do not do it to the, you know, the detriment of your health or safety or things like that, but don't be in a relationship just because everybody else thinks it's perfect. You you do what makes you happy because it's your life.
1: All right. So I have to take this in pieces because we just got to get this out. I'm so tired of this Lori Harvey, Michael B. Jordan conversation. First of all, it's so many levels to this. It's social media. So people have to take a side. I don't know why we think people have to take a side. your team Lori and she's 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 living her best life and she's a woman of the 90s or whatever and she's just doing her thing or she's uh, uh, for these streets and how can you leave Michael B. Jordan it's social media like just let it be first of all I see it as people date they break up this is no different from any other breakup I've ever heard in my life if if they would have left that, oh, you know, Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey broke up. I'm like, oh, that's messed up. I think I don't. I didn't even know they were still dating. I forgot they they were that irrelevant in my in my life when it came to dating. But the, I'll go back to social media. Is it puts it on? It puts it in everybody's face because they're so. I guess they're both influencers or whatever. They're so they're both so popular that they can't hide. They can't just have a regular breakup. Everything has to be taken to the next level. To me, this is just like any other breakup. And at the end of the day, she's 25. She does what I feel like every woman does, or most women do by 25 or pre-25. They date. Now, she just has the ability to probably date higher profile men and these higher profile men at the end of the day, optics wise, we bad decisions. Let's just be honest. You know, like it is bad decisions, but once again, how's that different from a lot of women out there before that, they, when they're 25, dating know the, the dope boy and a, you know, like all this stuff, the, the Russell Wilson's Lane conversation. It's if, if there was no social media and these were just regular dudes and they had the same lifestyle, she probably still him because that's what she's attracted to at that age. She's 25. I don't see any different. What I want to tell my daughter is to be true to you because we're saying, you know, getting married and all this stuff at a young age or choosing him or settling is a bad thing. We're assuming that was a situation, but I took another look at it as I feel like, and I say it all the time, people are copycats of everything else. Is she single because she feels like it's time to be a hot girl summer or she should be out in these streets or whatever the case may be, because being settling down is is that as popular, you know, it's I don't want you to be out in these streets because that's what's popping. But I also want you to settle to try to be this perfect woman, this I got to get married early type person because society is telling the other side of society is telling you that you know, you need to settle down. You're 25, you're about to be an old maid, you got a good one, and all this stuff. Be you. If you want to date and figure out what you want out there, do that. My advice keep between you and him if possible. Everybody doesn't need to know your business. Stay away from optics because the more you make it seem grander than what it is, and you open your life up to all these people. When the things don't work out You've already opened the doors to their criticism You open the doors to their praise You open the doors to their criticism
2: It's and, unfortunate and, and let me say this because I, I know the question was <clears throat> How will we apply this To our daughter but I, I do want to say this Real quick Rozzy because I made a post on this uh, First off In my personal opinion And I, I spoke on this in my the first part of my answer I do think it was a bit trifling To date a son And then the father I don't know all the details behind it, but on the face, that seems a little trifling. However, I w- really wish that we would stop using these um, pop culture issues as a means to wage another war battle of the sexes with black people. And I'm only concerned about black people with this. Look, if you want to if you want to call her this and that, you know, if you want to comment on it centralize it to just that but too many times i see guys saying see and this is why so when so many women are alone when they're in their 40s because they make decisions like laurie harvey you don't know that you ain't met all these women and and, you know what i mean and women doing the same thing and and using it as well you know guys always think we are supposed to be so happy with marriage and that's all our enough we got too much that divides us as well to be also piggybacking on pop culture issues and using it as that's why all men are this or that's why all women are that, it gets tiring for me. I hate seeing it. And as corny as it sounds, I know we're never going to 100% agree on everything, but it would be nice not to do certain sh- in the public like we do on social media. We it just seems like we're always at each other's neck. I, I hardly ever see us bigging each other's. Each other up. It's always how men are trash or how women are or whatever the case may be. And that shit
1: needs to stop. Agreed. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the biggest part of it. It's when, let's say everything you just said was true. Men are trash, women are. What do we do to fix it? Like, let's not just stop at one point. Stop it. Like, if that's the image, if that's what women think men are, and this is what men think women are. How do we make it work? What do we need to do? I need to heal. I need you to understand I'm healing, and I need you to heal, and I need to understand you're healing. And we decide do we want to start dating? Do we need to take a dating block, a break, or whatever the case may be? But until, as long as we see ourselves as the victim and the other person as the as the the enemy and the oppressor, we're we're never going to heal. But that was my main things. I want my daughter to be true to herself. I want her to not follow social media because now it's, you. it's almost hard to tell people's intent, right? Is, is she being true to herself? You know, is my daughter trying to be out here and in these hot, these streets because that's what's good, that's popular. Or is she trying to settle down because the other side of society is telling her she needs to settle down. How does she figure out what she wants? And that's what I want to do. And I want to have those conversations with her in, in, guide her and say, hey, be you, be cognizant, but also be cognizant of every decision you make. Because I'm all for Lori Harvey taking her time, finding love, if that's what she's going to do. But I don't want and I'm I'm. this would be very interesting 10 years from now. If she's still single and she can't find anybody and then the the, the narrative is, well, she should have stuck with Michael B. Jordan, the same woman. That might be, you know, patting her on the back. Realize like, hey, her not being married is not a problem. But understanding if you date like this in your twi- early 20s and stuff like this and people start looking at you a certain way, they the consequences or not even the consequences, the actions of that or things that come with that. Or it might be harder to date and find a man who can take you or cherish you the same way later. It's not absolute because there's well. I know a woman, I don't care about, all let's not talk about the one-offs. Just understand when you, when you do something, there is going to be an action that comes with it. There's going to be something that comes with it. So more power to her for being true. I want my daughter to live her best life, but if my daughter puts her career first and, um, wants to go out and do all these things. And she waits to get married and she what was what was uh the late great kevin Samuels uh age thirty five was that it oh yeah yeah is she finds herself at thirty five and she's a quote unquote leftover that you are now in that quote unquote <laughs> bucket and you you deal with those dating situations then but you know getting married young still i mean all that stuff it, everything has its own you know pros and cons so
0: so and, and just for sake of time I'll jump in I want to um, so I I, I didn't want to get into a Lori Harvey, Harvey think piece that I, I really did want to kind of focus it on what we're telling our kids because the thing is our kids are going to run into this right I, like I, I, I think on one of the think pieces I mentioned that like my daughter who is 20 about to turn 21 has had five guys that I know she's kind of been talking to over the last six months so everybody's on Lori Harvey for dating, what, seven guys in the last seven years, right? She's been dating publicly since she was 18. She's 25 now. And every guy that she's dated has been this public thing. So for me, I'm like, Lori Harvey is not this bad person or it's a bad thing that she's going through this. We talk about the guy she's dated in the past she should have broken up. She dated Future. She should have broken up with Future, right? Like, I I, I don't get it. So, you know, it's like, I want my daughter to be able to identify, oh, this isn't working. Let me move on. I want my daughter to say, I tried with you. I'm not feeling this. I'm moving on or whatever. Like, so my thing is, and and on top of that all these guys that are jumping in saying blah 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 oh she she's never gonna find anybody this is why women's wrong most of those guys are single anyway and i don't take relationship advice from single people um i'm sorry like you can't tell me you can tell me maybe some pitfalls that i might need to watch out for but you can't tell me what's right because you can't find your own person so get out my you know you can't give me advice Sorry, it just is what it is. You know, I say that as, as a single person out here giving advice. But but at the same time, it's like, I, I think we have to take those, all those comments for a grain of salt. And that's what I'm telling my daughter. That's what I'm telling Haley is go out and date, go out and talk to these guys for a month or two, get to know them. And at, at any point you start seeing red flags and you feel like this isn't going to work out, shut the deuces and move on because I'd much rather you do that than you be in this relationship for a year year, two years now he's got you in this narcissistic relationship where you're like oh I gotta gotta satisfy him or whatever it's all about him in this relationship and I can never be myself or I gotta fit into the mold that he wants me to be in find somebody that appreciates you and loves you for you that can let you grow and bloom and blossom and do you and still love you and that you can feel comfortable and y'all can be partners in this relationship and not just you're supporting him and he not supporting you or whatever. So I'm all for it. I'm telling my daughters that I'm telling my son that, you know, Hey, if she not feeling you move on, bro, same thing. We tell our sons right now. It's like, if you're not feeling her, if you're not digging her, keep going, keep moving on, going to the next. I'm telling my daughters the same thing. And I'm not treating her like a because of that. And truthfully, I don't care if she slept with all of them or not. I hope. I hope. I pray to God she didn't sleep with all of them. But what I'm saying is, you know... You don't care.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. That's, that's, she didn't. What say,
0: yeah, yeah, that's what I tell myself. Yeah, that's what I gotta tell myself too. But at the same time, if she did, oh well. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm not no shaming is. my daughter either. That's what dating is. It's like you made those choices. Wrap it up. Be safe. I pray that you're not, but if you are, hey, that's your prerogative. You're an adult. I can't, I can't, I can't do anything aside from giving you good advice, giving you sage advice, hoping that you're safe and hoping that you're happy, because that's ultimately what I want.
1: I want you to be happy. And you hit on something. Be safe. Date. Do things, but don't do anything that's going to leave behind something you can't get rid of. Like right, Lori Harvey. As much as they want to talk about her, she ain't had no babies, so. No harm, no foul at this point, right? And so that's the thing. If she would have had babies with all these guys, it's a completely different conversation to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And we keep talking about her. And Byron brought up that dating the dad and the son. Shame on the dad and the son. Oh, actually, can't okay, shame son the son. The right? son first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. shame on the dad. Like we don't talk about that enough, you know. And mm-hmm. This guy is a grown, grown man. So. It was she manipulating? But we know
0: we know Diddy's a narcissist anyway, so, so he, yeah, he so, it's all about him. Everything's yeah. all about him. I agree with you, time.
1: Raji. Like, I want my daughter and my son to just date and enjoy life, and but also be aware of the the longer you kick the can down the road, if you want to keep kicking it. Hey, I know people that's enjoying their best life, kicking that can down the road, mm-hmm. but be be understanding that everything has its you know.
0: Yeah, it has a shelf life, and and the longer you wait, the harder it is to get to that next level if that's what you want. Yep. So you got you gotta you gotta you gotta weigh that out, and you gotta understand the, the consequences of waiting that long. So,
1: so I hate using the word consequences because now that makes it
2: sound bad.
0: No, it, it's it's I mean that is it it is action and consequences. It's it's like you do something and whatever happens happens. That I mean it's yeah. The technical term of it, not no 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 baggage behind
2: it. All right, what uh, you got for us? I'm gonna sacrifice my question because of time, but I do want to say in one of these future episodes we're gonna to have to have a conversation about shaming and if we should or should not. Because I'm not sure I'm fully on board on whether we shouldn't be shaming. I think there's a place for shaming, but we we'll get to that later episode. <laughs> Um,
1: I'm gonna wrap it up oh, it, 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 Just real quick So I, I, I'm ready for this And we can do that next week Because that sounds like A great conversation Okay We got the, the week after Father's Day
2: Because yeah, I, I know that I know that's the trend now That oh we can't be Shaming mm.
1: And when we say Shaming Are we Is that is that save For women don't answer that question. We'll get back to you next week. Three That's, brothers a, nice no
2: sense. That's a nice tease. That's a nice tease. I like that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, we so like grain remarks. a little bit. I just want to say real quick, um a, a lot of a few things, man. One, uh, I'm very grateful that you brothers were able to go to Mobile and support our brother Sherman, uh, Wendell, uh, Mike. You know, thank you guys for being there for him. I know it meant a lot to him. Uh, so good looking out, especially you for this brother flew back this morning as we're recording now. And it's up recording with us for this show for, uh, tomorrow. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the inspire you on air crowd. We hope that you are enjoying us. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, subscribe to us. We do. We definitely like for you to listen to us on inspire you, but if you're like a new listener, subscribe to three brothers, no sense on any podcast platform. Go back and listen to some of our old episodes. Uh, Maybe you can catch us in some contradictions like, Hey, rising on episode three, you said this, now you saying that a a buff. You said, so, you know, check us out, see what you think. Let us know. And last but not least two last things. One, another shout out to Melody Hobson who became the first black woman to become part owner in the NFL of the Denver Broncos. That's huge. Congratulations to her on that. And I want to call to arms everyone that's listening right now. Uh, WNBA star Brittany Griner has now been locked up for, I believe, 116 days in Russia. Star for the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, She got locked up for having hash oil in her bag. And she's been in a Russian prison ever since. I know the administration was... Not being that public about it, I, to my understanding, they were doing that because it increased the chances of us getting her back uh, because of, you know, how rushy is. But that hasn't worked now. And so now it's time to turn the heat up because we all know if this was LeBron James, Steph Curry, hell, we ain't even got to use a superstar. I think LeVar Ball's son a couple of years ago, his son and a couple of teammates got detained somewhere And he called on Trump to get involved, and it happened like that. They were back home. If this was any—it doesn't even have to be a superstar. It could be an average NBA player. If they were locked up over there, we would be hearing more about this. So I know most of us are not like these popular people that can make a difference on our own. But if we come together on this one, we can So I'm asking everybody, make some type of post on your social media platform. Let's get some type of hashtag uh, trending, whether it's bring Britney home, whatever the case may be, whatever you think is best. But let's get that going. Don't underestimate the power of social media, because for all the bad that it is, it does some good. It's why George Zimmerman was tried in the Trayvon Martin case, even though we didn't get the outcome we wanted. At least he was held accountable for it in some way. Uh, social media can be powerful when used for good. Let's get this trending. Let's bring this woman home. No one should be locked up this long for some fucking hash oil. That's ridiculous. Let's bring her home. Let's get that trending.
0: Definitely agree, man. Definitely, definitely agree. Um, couple things I have. One is uh, go to threebrothersnosense.com. Pick up that get buff shirt uh, for the summer time because. You know, excuses build zero muscles, baby. So go ahead and get that uh, shirt for us. And again, I brought up Elaine Welteroth's book. I think it's called More Than Enough go out check that out it is an awesome book especially for folks like me that um are in the white dad club as she uh she coined it so for the mixed race babies out there that grew up um i made a post on social media today that said i felt like she was describing my life and she really was and so anybody that's interested in how intersectionality works how um workplace dynamics work with uh and and and, diversity and inclusion. She described moving in white spaces, the best I've ever seen somebody describe that. So, um, go up, check out that book, man. It is awesome book. I just want to throw that out there. And then again, like first at the top of the uh, hour, happy Juneteenth, happy father's Day to everybody. Definitely want to make sure everybody goes out and, and celebrates freedom celebrates your fathers happy father's day to all of our fathers who have passed so heavenly father's day but um you know we've lost too many fathers but at the same time we all are appreciative for having them um for whatever reason however good however bad we all appreciate that they were here in our lives and appreciate all those dads out there that are stepping up because i want to break that narrative that black fathers aren't there because it's not true uh, and black fathers are there and happy fathers day to you guys we appreciate everything that you guys are doing
1: exactly i appreciate that both of you guys um so i'll I'll I'll, leave, I'll end with this my timeline has been blowing up with um the Tabitha brown collection being released at target um I don't know if you guys do Tabitha brown is she's a uh, She's just a very positive person who has millions of followers from her TikTok and Instagram post about her vegan lifestyle and stuff like that. So she recently released a a collection in Target June 11th, which was yesterday. And one of our uh, fellow Rattlers, Katara Coleman, is the poster child for her new release. And the Deltas have been blowing it up targets across the world have been become the center of photo shoots as these ladies have embarked on uh supporting tabitha brown and supporting katara so shout out to tabitha brown getting another uh a black line of clothing and black line of clothing into a, a target i really never heard anybody say anything bad about target so that's always good and shout out to katara um, Coleman for being the face of this new campaign uh, congrats I'm never shocked about this amount of success and things that come out of that the beta alpha chapter of Delta Sigma Theta fam you oh excuse me the real beta alpha chapter
2: uh, I'm gonna have some people Ooh, mad at me but that's what they go about uh, the, the baddest whatever <laughs>
1: so uh, congrats that's super dope go out and support Um, I'm pretty sure I will be seeing some stuff arrive on my doorstep soon. And with that being said, three brothers, no sense. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment. And most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.